Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You're listening to KCBS In-Depth. Really, in order to find quality care, you often have to be on a wait list that's months long. The people, places, and issues the Bay Area is talking about. The aggressive advocates who were looking to overrule Roe for so long, they really had no idea of the consequences they might be opening up. In this case, there very well may be charges that are appropriate. For example, trying to obstruct an official proceeding of Congress, right? That is unlawful. This is KCBS In-Depth. Perhaps you've noticed this when you listen to or watch the news or as you check various sources online, but 2024 already feels like a pivotal year for politics. Of course, there's the presidential election looming, and here in California, we have the race for the late Dianne Feinstein's Senate seat, where who wins and who loses could set the tone for years to come. Welcome to KCBS In-Depth, broadcasting throughout the Bay Area and streaming on the Odyssey app. I'm Mary Hughes. We're going to take a look at the political landscape in the Golden State and a little bit beyond and even into the future with David McEwen, professor of political science at Sonoma State University. And David, thank you so much for being a part of this episode of In-Depth. Welcome. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on. So, you know, I, there's a lot in politics right now that that we could get into and could start with, but I do want to start with the most recent activities here in California with the U.S. Senate debate it happened earlier this week. Uh, we had, it was a chance for all four of the candidates to highlight what they've done and what they think would make them a good fit this role for uh, California's U.S. Senate seat. This was Katie Porter, Adam Schiff, Barbara Lee, and Steve Garvey. So what stood out the most to you as far as what the candidates were saying or even not saying in this debate? Well, if we look at kind of the setting for this debate and, and all that is indeed happening in politics, Voters are just starting to draw their attention to what happens in early March. So this is less than 40 days, uh, basically six weekends uh, until that election. And, and ballots go out February 5th, a month before the March 5th primary. So as a result, the next couple of weeks uh, is going to be heavy in terms of what voters are hearing and seeing. And, and one of the marquee races, if not the marquee race in the state, is this U.S. Senate race 
to replace California legend Dianne Feinstein. That race, three Democrats and a couple of Republicans, but we saw one of those Republicans on stage the other night, was noteworthy because what we saw was, I think, a shift, A, in Democrats and next generation, what comes next, uh, a shift in between North and South, between Northern California and Southern California in terms of its influence and where California politics has been recently. And also Steve Garvey on stage, right? A guy who retired almost 40 years ago, uh, a Dodger legend, but uh, as a Republican and someone who's elevated and was relatively well-known 36 years ago, it also was clear that he wasn't someone who was ready for prime time. Uh, his his answers were slow and plodding. Uh, they came back to uh, two common themes. He was he talked about common sense, being compassionate, being a competitor, for uh, answers that involved or required more detail. And he also quote unquote was going to look at each problem or look at how voters felt about things. So I think Steve Garvey's lack of performance stood out. Adam Schiff is the leader in this race. He didn't do anything to upset that kind of trajectory. The political establishment has kind of rallied uh, around him, the Democratic political establishment. Barbara Lee is, is going after that progressive vote. That's important in the Bay Area. That's important in certain uh, areas of Southern California. But, it, but it's a really narrow slice of the electorate. And then Katie Porter has to really thread the needle somewhere between, say, Garvey holding on the Republican voters and Adam Schiff leading to try to get into California's top two. In other words, this race is all about who comes in second place headed to November. If it's Steve Garvey as a silver medalist in March, what that means is he's not going to win the November general election. And if Adam Schiff were to come in first, it'd be smooth sailing for him. If, however, it's a Democrat on Democrat violence, if it's a Dem on Dem race, that is something we're also going to see more of in the era of term limits moving forward. And that would be very interesting to watch. Yeah, I, looking out for friendly fire, I, the, the <laughs> terminology of Democrat on Democrat violence. But I but I get what you're saying there. Um, and I'm glad you brought up how Garvey sort of didn't handle himself, I guess, on on the stage because he didn't really he didn't speak directly about issues. He he was taking this more broad stance, which you know, is there any chance that that would appeal to the Republican voter base? Yeah, great question. And here's why. Look, Gar Garvey whiffed. He whiffed on the homelessness question about, you know, touching uh, those that are on the streets and unhoused. He, he whiffed on several other questions. And the Democrats certainly piled on to him. But that may not matter. And it may not matter because, look, about one in four voters in California, roughly, is a Republican. Republicans stay closer to party. Democrats scatter all over. Independents obviously move to and fro. But Republicans are more likely to stay closer to party. If what is happening at the national uh, level, if, uh, for example, Nikki Haley stays in past South Carolina and makes it to Super Tuesday, that doesn't appear likely. But if she were to do that, Republicans have a reason to come out. And Donald Trump is popular amongst Republicans in California. He's not particularly popular amongst Californians, but uh, amongst regular voting, habitual Republicans, he is popular. If there's a reason to come out to vote, that, despite Garvey's debate performance and his non-answers and his, quote unquote, going to look at each problem, that doesn't hurt him because those Republican voters will stay true to party and they'll get him into second place despite his lack of performance. The problem is that silver medal in March is a, a losing position in the fall 
And uh, it, it, it also leads to an additional dollars that would flow into the race to assure a Democratic victory by national Democrats headed into November. So there's some elements here of that race that uh, despite Garvey's performance, he still would have a strong chance to be in second place because of how Republicans stay close to party. And it has some down ballot effects. It affects other potential races, like, for example, who replaces Katie Porter in her congressional seat or what happens to some of those Valley Democrat seats if, for example, Adam Schiff is taking up all of the money from national Democratic donors to retain that seat in the U.S. Senate for Democrats. Thinking about obviously the the domino effects of what could happen depending on on where these candidates end up falling uh once once it is time to vote but on the democrat side you know where do you see things falling here because as you mentioned shift does seem to have he does seem to have the strong lead at this point in time it it does seem that porter and lee uh are kind of falling short a little bit in that department where do you see things going if if we do end up with a Democratic representative here? Yeah. Uh, so as we look at this, the important thing I think for your listeners to pay attention to is term limits that we revised in California it, back in 2012 start to take effect in 2024 to 2026. What that means is more than half of the California legislature is termed out by 2026. And that means in this cycle, 2024 and 2026, there's a lot of churning under the surface of members, say in the legislature, Democrats primarily, who are interested in moving up and moving out. That means they might start a lieutenant governor committee. They might consider running for superintendent of public instruction or insurance commissioner. But it also means that they want to compete uh, for, for house seats and they want to compete to move up for statewide office. So there's a lot of churning. So that means that you do see a number of people leap in. And before Steve Garvey leaps in, this race was whether it was going to be Katie Porter in second or Barbara Lee had a chance to move up there. But because Garvey is now in the race and because those Republicans stay closer to party and stay whole, if you will, uh, in terms of their vote, that means that getting to second place is a really tough position if you're one of these Democrats who's been lagging. For Barbara Lee, Oakland's own Barbara Lee, right, uh, an amazing record of, of activism and one of really only a few anti-war Democrats who remain from a contingent that uh, began to change, say, prior to uh, the events of 9-11 and then after and certainly with Iraq too and with Afghanistan. She's had this consistent kind of civil rights, anti-war record uh, that, that has been uh, on the progressive left. That means she's talking to a very narrow slice of the California electorate. It is a regular group that votes in all elections up and down the ballot, but it's a tiny group. And then you look at someone like Katie Porter, who's been in a perpetual kind of battleground congressional district. She's someone, you know, with the with the whiteboard who is often seen by insiders in Congress as more about herself and less about the team. And so that has precluded her from having some of the insiders, if you will, get behind her in her campaign. That means she lags in fundraising. So Barbara Lee's got a slice of funders who, who would help her, but, but her campaign has hit the airwaves early and often here uh, about you know six, seven weeks out. And in doing so, that has lowered her coffers, Barbara Lee's coffers, and, and Katie Porter has tried to make some of that up. She's got her own ads, 
Uh, she's got her own kind of uh, media strategy moving forward, but it makes it hard for her to gather dollars when you have someone like Adam Schiff, who has the Democratic political establishment, has national Democratic leaders and statewide political leaders, and most of the California congressional delegation behind him, including someone like Nancy Pelosi. That's a juggernaut of what we call four things, M-O-R-E, money, organizations, resources, and endorsements. Only Adam Schiff has all four of those. And in the process of having all four of those, it gives him a lead that allows him to be in the driver's seat. It raises questions uh, about what he does moving forward in terms of sprinkling money, because Schiff has always been what's called a TD, a, a team Democrat. He's raised money up and down the state for Democrats up and down the ballot. So he sprinkled money around. This came up in the debate in terms of money that he's given, for example, to protect Katie Porter in her seat. But he's also given money to uh, other races. He's been uh, at, at, at county Democratic Central Committees. He's been at every rubber chicken dinner he could go to and has developed a, a set of relationships going back to his time in the California legislature with insiders. That helps give him money, but more than money, resources, multiple organizations, and those endorsements that allow him to push forward. So he's clearly going to be in the driver's seat. And Katie Porter is going to have to thread the needle somewhere between, if you will, not Barbara Lee and Adam Schiff, but between Adam Schiff and Steve Garvey and rely on voters to push her forward. And, and that's going to require some resources that she's had plenty, but she hasn't had enough to cut into that, at least so far yet. I will be interested to see if there will be any sort of uh, shift in where we're seeing who might take the lead here but it does seem as if especially considering all you just said right there Schiff really kind of has been in the driver's seat since the get-go yeah and I think by being in the driver's seat since the get-go there, there are a couple of things to, to pay attention to one is kind of the flow of money and what that looks like uh, people who give money uh, like to think that they're in the know uh, not talking about small dollar donors. That these would be people that would give, to, you know, to Barbara Lee, or that we, you know, twenty seven dollars for Bernie Sanders kind of thing, right? The, the, this would be uh, donors that uh, give early and often to high level Democrats. Do they continue to plug forward with Adam Schiff, or do some of those dollars spill over or spill off and go to Katie Porter? In addition to that, does Schiff sprinkle money around to other congressional races? particularly those that involve contested primaries that uh, might head into close races in November, right? There are a couple of Republicans in the Congress that are in seats that uh, Joe Biden won those congressional districts. Does he help to build some dollars there? It doesn't mean that he, he backs uh, a primary candidate in a heavy way, but does he give them some earnest money uh, out of his coffers to help develop relationships moving forward? So we kind of watch the flow of dollars to pay attention to what insiders and elites think. In addition, how often is he on the air? And does that affect what he does in terms of a second debate? There's a second debate scheduled for February 12th. Does he appear? Does he not appear? And does he stay, if you will, conservative or gang up on Steve Garvey? If you're Steve Garvey, between the debacle that you had the other night and February 12th, say February 11th, He's going to have more media appearances. We're supposed to see more of him and from him. 
does he appear at that second debate? Because uh, he was, a, you know, a whipping post. He was beat on uh, by those three Democrats. None of that's a surprise. Katie Porter in particular. She she had her <laughs> eye on him. Yeah, she certainly did. And she went after him over and over again. And so he's going to have to own up to how he feels about Donald Trump. If he doesn't want to do that, then he won't be at that debate. And then that gives rise, I think, to the broader conversation that's going on. Have debates outlived their usefulness, the debate over debates. So I think you're right there at the top. You know, there's a lot going on in politics and the rules are changing, perhaps just the type of conversation and the, and the themes that are driving exactly what Donald Trump would like. In-Depth will return after a moment. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Well, and it, and it feels like you know we've been looking forward to this year, to twenty twenty four, for years prior, and now that we are, you know, into the early parts of this year, we're already looking ahead, mm-hmm. and uh, that that's my nice segue <laughs> into into twenty twenty six. It seems far away, but the race for who will be the next California governor, it seems to already be starting up. Um, so what are you seeing right now as far as who's tossing their hat into the ring for that yeah. role? Yeah, th- thanks for this, because, it, you know, we haven't even had voting start and we're already looking to the next cycle. But that's because, you know, most politicians think through what they're doing, where they're headed, where they're going. And with that kind of backlog of demand, by Democrats who want to move up or being termed out, they're looking. So everyone is setting up a a statewide constitutional officer committee. I'm surprised that there isn't a Mary Hughes for lieutenant governor committee yet. I mean, Uh, you never know. Who knows what (laughs) will happen next? That's right, because everyone is kind of positioning for themselves. And, And we've had some people who've moved early out of the gate uh, on the Democratic side. For example, the lieutenant governor, Eleni Kunalakis, uh, has certainly positioned herself uh, early and, and tried to lock up a number of people in the California Democratic political establishment, leaders in the in the state Senate and in the state assembly and others to back her. 
And one of those reasons is because her father has more money than God, uh, and uh, her dad would put a lot of money and a lot of resources into her campaign. And most recently, we had someone like uh, uh, the Senate pro tem, outgoing Senate pro tem, Tony Atkins from San Diego. She's thrown her hat into the wing. But we've also seen, you know, Richmond's own uh, superintendent of public instruction, Tony Thurman, throw his, his name into the ring. Uh, Betty Yee has thrown uh, her name out there. There's a number of people who are looking for what comes next for California's governor, because they know as the leader of the fifth largest economy in the world, that puts you onto the national stage. So you have this backlog of demand, you have this potential of big money being spent. And it also seems that there are a lot of Democrats who are throwing their hat in the rings, who aren't afraid of Eleni Kunalakis and the money that could back her. So there's a lot of slicing and dicing. That's indicative of what we're going to see under this term limits era especially as so many Democrats have statewide ambitions. This affects who runs for lieutenant governor. And then, you know, the state controller and treasurer, uh, superintendent of public instruction, the insurance commissioner, obviously what's going on with fires and floods. That's a hugely important uh, area, uh, as well as, you know, homeowners insurance and auto insurance. As there's a number of things that are changing the dynamic along with, look, it has been a place in California politics where people like, right, Willie, Br Willie Brown, Jerry Brown, Nancy Pelosi, uh, you can go back, you know, to, to Art Agnos, you can go back to Dianne Feinstein. There were, Northern California has been the political center of driving democratic politics in the state and to some degree even nationally, and that is shifting. And you also see that in this Senate race, where Katie Porter's from Southern California, Adam Schiff's from Southern California, Steve Garvey's from Southern California. There is a nexus shifting of where those voters are. And even Gavin Newsom, right, who grew up and has grown up politically from the Bay Area and from San Francisco, spends a lot of time in Southern California uh, talking to people down there because that's where the vote is and how things are shifting. So there, we're in the midst of this dramatic shift in 2024 nationally and in 2024 to 2026, specifically in California, that's affecting who runs for office, what they look like. And it's a state that's much more democratic than it was in, say, 2006, the last time two statewide uh, Republicans were elected to office, Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Steve Poisner for insurance commissioner. And since Arnold came in in 2003 in the recall in 2003 at that time uh, in the recall, even since that time, California's become much, much more democratic as well. Feels like the landscape, yeah, is definitely changing. And and that, of course, is altering how prospective candidates for whatever, uh, you know, whether it's a, a Senate seat or the role of governor of California are looking at where they're putting their focus and who they're appealing to. You you mentioned uh, Governor Newsom in there. So speaking of him, obviously, when 2026 does roll around, yeah. he'll no longer be up for reelection for governor. Um, and that got me curious. You know, do you suspect that this could be when he would genuinely start planning for a future presidential run? Because everybody thought it might happen you know, leading into 2024, there was so much speculation, but of course that that's not happening. So is this something that might still be on the horizon for him once governor is no longer a position he can hold? Absolutely. Uh, 
the whole idea that he's not running for president, that many in his staff have presented as a talking point the last couple of years, uh, has just been uh, hogwash. Uh, of course, he's wanted to be uh, positioned for a run for the presidency of the United States. I, I don't think we take that seriously until he's at the Iowa State Fair one summer, uh, you know, uh, pressing the flesh. But nonetheless, uh, he's termed out. And by January 2027, he has an opportunity to gear up, uh, if not prior to that, to consider a run nationally for president. So does uh, his his political cousin, Kamala Harris. So does uh, his political rival, I think, for a Democratic future, Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan. So do other Democrats, like, for example, Mayor Pete. And, and if Bernie's around, he's at least going to talk about it. And then you always have uh, the political enemy, the the you know antithesis of Governor Newsom, and that would be Governor DeSantis, who also is termed out uh, in Florida at the same time. So if you're Gavin Newsom, what do you do between now and then? A couple of things. One is uh, you, you think about a statewide ballot measure or two in a couple of cycles. There is something, there's a few things coming to the ballot on mental health or uh, other ideas that they're talking about for the fall, for this November, you need to have, or you use the ballot measure process to create a policy success and an idea before California voters. Arnold Schwarzenegger did this, Jerry Brown did this, Pete Wilson did this, Ronald Reagan did this, George Duke, George Duke Majin did this. Uh, it's been a, a tactic of using the ballot measure process to raise issues that, have, uh, that can be national in scope and raise your profile. That's been a, a strategy of of potential national political figures from California since the 1930s. So you take that page and you try to do that. In addition, you keep elevating yourself as someone who will fight back for Democrats uh, on issues of reproductive politics, on the chaos of Trump, on guns and gun violence. And here's the avenue or lane that he has. We saw this in veto messages that he issued uh, after a very productive and heavy legislative session last year, he, he vetoed many bills talking about his role as a parent, his role as a father and as a husband and as a concerned parent. That theme allows him to hit voters uh, in the suburbs, that independent voters. It allows him to talk about guns, about safety, about the future. It gives him a theme as a parent and a lane where he's not some West Coast knee-jerk liberal from the school of, of Nancy Pelosi and Willie Brown, that he's his own person and can push back uh, on, on uh, more progressive elements. It allows him to change the narrative. Well, speaking of presidential things, let's take a brief look at what's going on right now. We've had the Iowa primaries and the New Hampshire primaries, um, and it does seem a little bit like we're right back in 2020. Um, with former President Donald Trump being the standout leader at this point. Is there any shock or surprise that no other candidates on the Republican side were able to, to get a foothold? I mean, one thing that happened uh, after Donald Trump lost the presidency is he and his team just prior to that, so say they, they lose in the November timeframe, and then there, January 6, 2021, during that period of time, and then into the early part of 2021, Donald Trump and his team peppered multiple states with members of executive committees and leadership of state parties 
that allowed them to change the rules in many states for primaries and caucuses where there would be this winner-take-all system where you wouldn't get a proportion of delegates, for example. you If you got one more vote than the other person in the Republican primary, you would get all the delegates. So they started to alter the, the rules, setting forth changes that set up what looks like a, a juggernaut of Donald Trump, MAGA, take over the Republican Party, that blunts the possibility of a lane for anyone named Governor DeSantis, or uh, Ambassador Haley, uh, it doesn't allow them a place to go. So the takeover of the party and the peppering of uh, subnational parties, of, of state committees and what was going on with operations for executive directors and staff positions, like in the California Republican Party, allowed Donald Trump to set forth a network that controls what is going on in terms of potential votes. This is one reason that we see some problems in Nevada, an upcoming caucus and primary. Nikki Haley's on the primary ballot. Nikki Haley will win, quote unquote, the Nevada primary, but she won't get any delegates because all the delegates are allocated on the caucus side. The, the caucus side uh, is, is a place where Donald Trump owns that. And he's going, there aren't a lot of delegates in Nevada, but it allows him to pile up more as he gets to that number that he needs, 1215. And he's already you know, getting closer and closer. He can afford to lose a place like the Virgin Islands where Nikki Haley will go. And then he can clean up on February 24th in South Carolina. So Donald Trump, the surprise is that they were strategic and built party strength that has allowed them to run this juggernaut. What comes next after Donald Trump? What that 2026 to 2028 period looks like? That will be fascinating to see. I think the one thing for your listeners to pay attention here kind of at the end is 2024 to 2028 is a period where the electorate is changing rapidly. Issues are becoming more complex in, in the sense of, of how parties navigate them. For Democrats, this is a challenge with young people. And for Republicans, they're literally in a place where it's old versus new, where they are, are siloing into the South with older, non-college educated white voters who are leaving the electorate. And there's an emerging electorate that they want to talk about. But issues like the border and immigration harm them. And this great sort that's going on is a challenge for both parties in the midst of, if you will, uh, the old candidates that are re-emerging for this 2024 general election. Thanks for listening. For KCBS and In-Depth, I'm Mary Hughes. You've been listening to KCBS In-Depth. Get every episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Visit kcbsradio.com for more news and interviews. We are the Bay Area's news station, KCBS. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.